Ladies and gentlemen, get those dollars ready. Coming up next to the stage on the Other Ground Podcast, it's your host, Passive J and Ryan. Good afternoon, and welcome to yet another edition of the Other Ground Live. I'm Passive J. That's Ryan over there. Over there, rather. Say hello, Ryan. It is Saturday, May 23rd. I just got back from drinking and eating steak, so I need a fucking nap. <laughs> okay, so I imagine it's going to be a low-key kind of show. Uh, I see the OG armies uh, showing up in the chat box. I always appreciate you guys. Um, I don't really have much in a way of shit to talk about today. Uh, I actually had stuff going on, so... Um, Hopefully, Ryan thought of all kinds of great things to talk about while he was eating steak and drinking. What was the occasion? The occasion was it was kind of an overcast day, so the beach really wasn't a good call. So a few of us got together, kind of let the dogs run out at an acreage. And obviously, if you're going to do that, you may as well drink a few White Claws and eat a few steaks. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, not so much for me. Uh, still trying to maintain my diet, so not eating pretty simply for the most part, which is fine. I don't mind. Uh, I, I can always start adding stuff in later once I find out if this is going to be good. All right. Uh, do, 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 do. Um, hopefully we'll get some call-ins today. Uh, the, the show always goes a lot better when it's not just me and Ryan talking back and forth to ourselves. Um, in other news, uh, we do still have that music contest going on. I believe we're going to cut it off uh, tomorrow or Monday. So this is your last chance to uh, get something in for the theme song. Uh, as we mentioned, we're not changing the name. So uh, if you if you were working on something that involved the old name that we were going to use, uh, you need to stop. But I think everyone's got that at this point. And what, um, pro- what do you think, uh, Ryan? On Monday, uh, me and you will obviously be the ones that uh, decide the, what the theme is. But maybe on Monday, I'll throw a thread up on the OG to show everybody what the uh, entries were. Yeah, I do like a link to say like the top five, which would be pretty obvious. Let folks make their thoughts known, and then we'll uh, we'll discuss after that. Because like if everybody loves something and it was like number two or number three to us, that might mean it's still the one we go with. Right, exactly. So on Monday, I'm going to take all the entrants. Uh, well, there, and with one exception, one person did uh, ask us that if we don't use it, don't make it public because he can still use it for other purposes. So uh, I'll, me and you will listen to that one and decide whether it's the winner or not and then move on to the rest of them. Yeah, that works. And in other right. news, mm-hmm. check the chat. The feds are after you. Oh, no. Oh, no. Let's see. Yeah, the feds are posting. I hear this passive J guy might have weed in his house. That's entirely possible, considering it's completely illegal where I live. So don't come at me with that. <laughs> Pat, and we already know that this is a fake account because Kirik and Chris would never have done anything constructive ever. So you blew your cover. Yeah, much less contact the uh, the feds to try to shut down our show. They wouldn't do that anyways. They're friends of the show. They They think our show is great. Which top is, men are lazier than us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, did you see that uh, North Korea finally admitted, uh, reluctantly, I might add, that uh, Kim Jong can't magically bend uh, time and space? Well, I, so I thought they were only talking about um, the original Kim, whatever, whatever. Oh, were they? I just skimmed yeah, it over. It? Yeah, it's not the initial one. It was the very first one. They finally came out and said that he was not able to teleport. Oh, well, that's false advertising. I'm pretty sure he could. Uh, OJ's asking if it's rec- recreational in Michigan. Yes, it's both. Uh, me- we have both medical and recreational in- here in Michigan. And I have both, so as it turns out. <laughs> um, I wish Connecticut would just get on the goddamn ball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I could I could really use edibles for my fucking back, but I mm-hmm. don't really feel like driving to Massachusetts and then, you know, commit crime coming across coming back across the border. So Right. Goddamn. At this point at this point they should just make it federally legal and stop fucking around with it. Um you know, honestly, especially for people that want edibles, because uh, there's there's zero harm with that. Smoking at weed, uh, you know, joint wise, uh, it's not as bad as smoking cigarettes, obviously, because uh, it doesn't have a lot of the same uh, contaminants and carcinogenics and such. But it, I assume it's not great for your lungs. No one's ever said, "Yeah, I smoked pot; it made my lungs better." So, so, uh, but 
edible wise, who can say anything bad about that? There's no way it could possibly hurt you. The worst thing that can happen is you, you, you'll eat too much and you're going to be on the couch for a long time. Uh, so, but which I do recommend to people, uh, whenever you get into edibles, start low and give it like an hour before you decide if you're going to have uh, more. Cause it takes a good half hour to 45 minutes before it truly kicks in. And many, many, many people have decided that they hadn't eaten enough and added more to what was already going to be a bad situation. Yeah. See, Jay's always minimal effort here. I say go for the gold, take as much as you can and then get on a flight. <laughs> well, I guess my, I guess my advice, my, my advice is if you're going to do that, just go ahead and do it all at once. Uh, never trust the first half hour to 45 minutes to give you an indication of how your day is going to go. You need to give it about an hour to see how it all works out for you. Yeah. It's basically the same thing as mushrooms. Like if you take a bunch of mushrooms, give it a couple hours. Don't just keep stuffing them down because you're going to end up in a really weird dimension. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Mushrooms are like that. Uh, acid normally isn't that bad because you take it in a tab, so it's like just one one dose. Uh, so most people know better to than to take a whole bunch of it at once, unless that's actually what you're going for. Mushrooms yeah, I'm not is a goddamn little... hippie. I don't do acid. Oh god, I haven't done acid in like twenty or thirty years or something like that. Uh, but at, at that point, we did a lot of it because uh, mushrooms weren't as readily available. Uh, acid was easy to get and cheap, five dollars for a hit. Which is which uh, appealed to my pr- uh, my cheap ass nature uh, since you know, one hits five dollars and lasts you like eight to twelve hours or so. Um, and mushroom- the fact that you're a dirty, dirty hippie. Yeah, I was a dirty, dirty hippie. Yeah, mushrooms. Uh, while I liked them, you never knew how good they were, so you weren't. You never knew quite sure how much you should take. Like you know, uh, like a, a third of an eighth, a half of an eighth, the entire eighth. Um, is it varied a lot? Acid, as long as they weren't fucking around, was pretty much standard. You know, you you, you knew you needed to take this many hits to get the high that you were looking for. Yeah, I've never really had issue with with mushrooms. Like the places I always used to get them were pretty were pretty consistent. So if nothing else, like I, I was pretty pretty locked in on a dose. Right, right. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, if you get it consistently enough, you know what you're working with. Uh, God, I remember one time uh, a guy that I knew named Russ. Uh, we all went up to Traverse City because it was my birthday and uh, another guy named Mike's birthday uh, on the same day. So for some reason or another, we decided to go up to Traverse City up north. Then this is like mid August. Um, and he had like a sheet and a half of fucking acid. <laughs> so basically everybody except for the two people that were driving uh, dosed up on acid during the three or four hour trip up there and then just kept took a whole bunch more when we got there. And we ended up in like a ski resort hotel uh, that was, while open as a hotel, it was closed as a ski resort, obviously, since it was August. And like in the middle of the night, all fucked up out of our head, we decided we we're going to climb the ski mountain, which is what we did. <laughs> Uh, you know, we didn't break anything or anything like that. We weren't hooligans, but we were fucking around on the top with the equipment and jumping around and shit. Uh, apparently, you want to call in, Dalton. You, we want to roll the. Do we think we want to roll the dice on this? No, I don't think this is probably going to go well. Sorry about that. <laughs> we can try again later, though. Maybe if we get, maybe if we get bored, we'll let you call in. <laughs> yeah, our track record with people, you know, trolling uh, a person's account and then calling in, we're zero for one so far. So. I don't know. He's uh, he's got he does have an actual account. He started it in March twenty first. So this guy this account wasn't created just to fuck with us. Although no, although, this this is one of our people. Look at the uh, look at the number or whatever. Their engagement yeah. points or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty one ninety eight. So obviously it's one of the regulars. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, fine. You know what? You can call back, fake Galton. Well, we we want to hear what you guys to say. <laughs> Apparently not. Apparently, apparently that's our one shot, huh? <laughs> well, God damn it, uh, we broke. Him. But back to the, yeah. But back to the uh, North Korea thing. Isn't that such a weird, fucked up situation? There's an entire nation of people under someone's thumb. Um, in this day and age, and it's not the only one like that. I realize there's a couple places in Africa and South America that are pretty much the same situation in a lot of regards. But here in the 20th century, it just amazes me that those sorts of situations can still exist. There, there was a really good, ah, God, and I don't remember what it's called, but there was a really good documentary on YouTube of this guy. God, what was he? I don't know if he was from the UK or he was from like Germany or Russia or something like that. But he actually went into North Korea 
and basically like smuggled in cameras and like went through like some of their museums and stuff like that. It's just all batshit crazy. It's it's something else. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I haven't done nearly enough research to speak on it, uh, you know, a lot. But uh, I have read a couple few things, and just the fact that apparently, um, from what I understand, like the city just north of the South Korea North Korea border is fake. Um, like 100% fake. They built it to make it look like it was this big city and there's fucking nothing in it. Well, it's the same thing with like all of the tourism around there. So there's basically these, there are basic areas that you're allowed to go if you're not from there. And virtually all of them are like a select few people going into like these business buildings. And then they show like these high rise that are supposedly like super high end condos and stuff, but no one lives in them. And then you can see, like, just beyond kind of the border of all that, you see these, like, giant fences. And beyond it are these, like, dilapidated buildings and, and shit where all the real people live. And, yeah, it's something else. Yeah, man. And, but it just amazes me that it's still like that. I mean, granted, obviously, it's not, uh, it's no, it's a big deal for a country to go in and, like, fuck with another country. But that's been going on for 30 or 40 or 50 years or some shit like that at this point. I think from the 50s, wasn't it? Uh, Korean War? Well, yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's in there under a, a military dictatorship. So, And they don't play around. Like You can't really have like a, a true citizen's revolution there, given that anything that pops up that doesn't follow like the iron hand of the law, people are thrown in like internment camps. Right, right, exactly. And I guess that's why, despite the fact that it's not a great situation, other countries don't want to get involved with it uh, because if nothing else, you'd be fighting a populace or at least a good portion. I mean, I'm sure there's a huge portion of North Korea citizenship that knows what's going on and, and realize they're fucked uh, and would probably go for a better thing if it was available. But there's also a large portion that have been brainwashed and truly believe all this shit the government tells them. Well, the other parts of it is you also have kind of like the pipelines to to North Korea from both China and Russia. So that's the other thing people don't really push because you don't want to draw those into it and have another goddamn world war. Right. You're right. Exactly. From what I understand, uh, the the China sponsorship and like you said, the uh, um, Russian one is a big reason. At least the United States has never gotten involved. Well, hello. Did you sure? How are you doing, boss? Hey, can you guys hear me? Okay. Your audio sounds great. Really? Oh, okay, good. Okay. Are you serious? Are you no, being serious? No, now no, we're serious. Absolutely. Now we're serious. Okay, yeah. Now, I, I'm just messing around with this thing. I got. Uh, I ended up getting an adapter for my iPhone. I got it uh, plugged into the interface in my uh, condenser mic, so I just wanted to see if it actually worked. So. Yes, it does. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, Dalton, I think that was a, a legit guy, man. Are you sure you, you didn't want to pick up on him, huh? <laughs> we'll give him a chance. Like now that I actually looked at it and saw that it was someone that had a, a good chunk of engagement, totally yeah, fine. It was, it was me, dude. I was fucking with you. Oh goddamn! <laughs> God damn it! Were you at least gonna try to yeah. do the voice? No, no, I can't pull that shit off. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, get your dollars ready. How's that? <laughs> pretty close. That's pretty good. Right. Yeah. Right. We just need yeah, to I'm turn like, on a little bit of echo for you and get a little bit deeper voice, and and there you are. You are strip club DJ. Right on. Hey, can you guys hear this? Yep. Yes, we can. Okay, just checking. See, all right, interface works. Cool. Yeah. Apparently, right, I'm gonna have to start guys... working on something like that. Yeah. All right, now I'll let you guys go. All right. Thanks all right, for calling in, boss. It, all right. Bye. Yeah, on my end, I turned my microphone down a little bit from last session, so hopefully it doesn't get as uh, distorted on the YouTube channel. From what I understand, it doesn't sound like this on the uh, Podbean recording, but you hear me badly, and what you're hearing is what goes on the YouTube as opposed to the other way around. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, it's the same thing, right? Like, you hear the weird things that can happen through the Podbean app where all of a sudden my audio will just drop into, into shit. But on YouTube, I sound fucking wonderful. And I sound like shit. That's fine. Well, you know, eventually the microphone that you're uh, gifting me or lending me or wherever you want to call it will arrive. And then we'll do the actual comparison and find out how much of my shittiness is from this Podbean app. Oh, excuse me, Podcaster microphone. And how much much of it is just me being shitty. So I'm a lot of it's going to be the microphone like you could hear. So when Juicer called in there, like he has a decent little setup. I can hear it. 
His room isn't necessarily like the best, or he hasn't really set up like his noise gate very well. You can see here like a little bit of uh, echo from the the background. It's just the room, but yeah, he sound he sounded clearer than you essentially ever have. Really, let me like right now. I I don't sound clear on your side. Well, no, you do. I can just tell that it's not a great microphone. You can you can hear. I don't want to say the cheapness of the microphone. But the fact that you're not going through um, an actual interface, hmm. it disrupts the audio quality. So, like, I can tell that, number one, either you don't have, like, a super expensive sound card in your PC, or you're not using an audio interface, which basically serves as a sound card in that input. Ah, interesting. All right, well, I'm starting to look forward to uh, actually trying something different when it arrives. Because I always figured the, the Rode Podcaster was a good microphone, because... When I listened to other people, my microphone sounded way better. I guess it's a it's a level thing. Like this is way better than like a one of those uh, snowballs or Yetis or one of those things. Yeah, there's there's levels to all this. Like so, like for a novice, they're generally going to have something they can just plug into a USB port, and it's probably going to sound terrible. Like they might even be using like a gaming headset or something like that. The next level up is kind of what you're going with, like an actual good microphone brand still a USB microphone. Next step up is getting into something that actually has like a proper interface. And then, then you're dealing with the way that people are doing this professionally. Right, right. Well, I did have my uh, XR whatever cable come today in the uh, adapter for the headset. So we are making progress. Yes. So I dropped everything off at the uh, post office today. It won't get processed until Tuesday because of the long weekend. Right, right. Um, but you'll probably see it by this time next week. Hey, excellent. And then we'll be moving on up. And then once I have that uh, um, preamp uh, setup thing that you're uh, giving me, I can always upgrade my microphone even more. Exactly. Like that microphone should do you pretty well. Um, it's actually made for kind of like a, a lower type voice or a bass heavier voice. Um, it's mainly used for like vocals. So I used that back when I used to like actually record some music here and there. And that thing always was great for me. Excellent. Uh, maybe I can use it to record some music here and there as well. Yeah, I don't think any of us want to hear you sing, and we've all heard you attempt to rap. Um, so <laughs> Imposter Jay is apparently a better rapper than you. After all, that's not hard to do. Let's be realistic. Um, it is funny, though. While I don't really have much desire to rap, uh, being able to sing is always something that I wish I could do. And while there's one or two songs that I don't sound horrible, uh, at least in my own opinion, for the most part, I can't sing worth a shit. Um, but I do believe that everyone can sing in their own way, at least a little bit. Unfortunately, most people can't sing other people's songs is what the issue is, <laughs> which well, is why the problem is, is you keep trying to sing Celine Dion and I, I just don't think it fits your vocal profile. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it does. You got to remember in my head, my voice sounds very high pitched and squeaky. Uh, you, and it's not just like, as we speak and me hearing it, when I go back and listen to the podcast, to me, my uh, I'm very high pitched, kind of nasally and squeaky, and I just sound horrible. Um, which is why I tell people, you know, when they say, "Oh, I don't have a good voice. I don't want to do a podcast." Nobody thinks they have a good voice. Everyone thinks their voice sounds like shit. I don't know. My voice sounds silky smooth. Well, you know, you're the exception to the rule, right? Exactly. I, you know, now and then I go to YouTube and I just pull it up to just a random part of the podcast and I'll hear myself talk and God damn, I get hard. <laughs> well, I'm not there yet with my self-confidence, but I'm working on it. You know what? One thing I've noticed about this, uh, and I really am glad that you're sending me this uh, new microphone because I've already found an issue with this podcaster. It seems to work perfectly fine as a microphone, but the built-in uh, headphone uh, set that I use so I can hear myself speak, the volume on it keeps on going up and down as I'm talking. So in my in my left ear, I can go from just kind of hearing myself speak to, oh my God, do I sound really fucking loud in my ear? It's driving me up a wall. I, I don't know how that could be a thing. It's it's a physical volume dial. Yeah, I think it's probably just a brain tumor. Uh, yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> Shit. All right. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, North Korea is kind of a depressing topic when we've covered it pretty good so far. Uh, let's see what else do we got. Oh, did you see the Air Force will no longer reject pilot applicants for being too short or too tall, but too short was what the uh, uh, article was about. 
That's a little odd. Like, I get the whole, like, equal opportunity for everyone, but, like, these planes are built for a certain size human. Mm-hmm. So, oh, like, yeah. you would never make it in the Air Force. Like, I'm sorry. I, like, that's actually, not built for you. Actually, it turns out I would. It just depends on the situation. Apparently, the way they've been doing it for a while is that you can ask for a waiver uh, on your height, uh, and they give them out with a fair amount of frequency. Because what they do is they measure you, all of your angles, like you know, uh, a whole bunch of things, what your seated height is, what the length of your arms, the length between your hip bone and your leg bones, and all this shit. And uh, that they use to see what planes you can fly because they've used a laser to do all the measurements on every single plane they own. So just because you can't fly this plane because you're too big or too small, that doesn't mean they don't have a plane that you can fly. Apparently, when they were doing waivers for it, the lowest uh, that they went was four foot eleven got a waiver, and a guy who was six foot nine got a waiver. Uh, obviously, there's probably some only from spare, fairly specific planes that they can fly, but uh, apparently there's at least a couple. So yeah, you could only fly like a cargo jet, and for example, Tenor could only you know, pilot a drone. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There, oh, someone my size, there'd be very few planes that would I would actually fit into. Probably, like you said, the cargo plane. It's got a commercial style uh, cockpit, cockpit uh, that fits several people. Um, there's not a fighter plane on Earth that I would fit into, obviously. Yeah, I just I I don't think you would last very long in the Air Force there, sir. No, no. When growing up, I always wanted to be a helicopter pilot uh, because I played uh, Apache Gunship on my Commodore sixty four a whole bunch, and I thought that shit was badass. It, it still is, but being blind when I I would never uh, qualify for any type of pilot job. Yeah, I I wouldn't think that would be a great thing on something that you know requires that as a skill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I understand. That's that's one of the ones I'm not mad about. I can understand why they wouldn't want me to fly a plane. I'm still kind of surprised, surprised they let that... you in the army. Like it just one eye in the military just seems like a bad fit. Yeah, you would think so. And and they were and the thing is, they still gave me a combat MOS. It wasn't like you know they put me as a, like a filing clerk or work guy that works in a kitchen or some shit like that. They were I was going to be out in the field doing a combat job. They're like, oh yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> was it the human shield division? No, no, it was uh, multiple launch rocket systems. Uh, you ever watch GI Joe as a kid, and uh, the it would look like a tank with a whole bunch of missiles on top of it instead of a turret that uh, Lady J drove around. That's what I was going to do. I was going to be Lady J. Yeah, I know. You've always wanted to be Lady J. Yeah, I think we've I think we've got that. It was actually pretty cool. Uh, uh, they, they can uh, shoot multiple rockets at the same time, um, spread out like in the, or concentrated, like they can cover an entire map grid if they want with like little bomblets. Cause they have some, some of our missiles that shoot, shoot up. And when they uh, descend to a certain height above the ground, they blow up and, and release like little tiny bombs and shit. So you can basically uh, blow up an entire grid square uh, off of a map with those fuckers. Uh, and that's why they, you know, they didn't, uh, mind giving me the exclusions because you know um i would be inside of a tank running equipment i wouldn't really need two eyes and i obviously wouldn't need to be able to walk long distances and all you know, all those all that shit uh, that i wouldn't be good at wouldn't really be part of my job so, so i was basically actually, <laughs> you have like the super dumb job of like you were just gonna sit there and then you know at some you know undetermined interval someone would go jay push the button yeah, yeah, that's probably. I'm sure they wouldn't be. Let, they wouldn't let me be the one driving it. I'm probably working on a little computer in the back, uh, loading grid coordinates and shit like that to launch the missiles. That would have been my job. Um, so obviously, it's not a job that would have given me any real world world skills at all. <laughs> that's not the sort of thing that can translate to a civilian job, uh, because you, whatever the military is using is so focused that you, you, just because I knew that computer system, that doesn't mean I'd be able to work on anything else at all. So it would have been a waste of four years, but I signed up for it and I intended to go through with it. Uh, you know, and it does bump me out that I wasn't able to do it, especially now, 30 years later, when I have to tell people, yeah, yeah, I made it oh, seven, eight weeks before they kicked me out. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's not a good look. Yeah. Generally that's just not even something you would, you would bring up. 
Eh, well, you know, people, you know, people ask you if you're in the army. I'm like, well, technically, yeah. I uh, don't consider myself a veteran or anything like that. I, and I, obviously, I can't apply for any benefits. But you know, when people tell me that I wasn't in the army, I was like, well, you know, there's this guy with a funny hat that made me do a fuckload of push-ups. So I kind of thought I was in the army at the time. So I wish someone would have told me. I would have fucking left. That's like me saying I was a porn star, but I just never made it on film. Yeah, well, you know, if if they brought you in for porn star training for eight weeks, and then at, and then the day before you were supposed to graduate from porn porn star uh, training, they said, "Oh, dude, your dick's crooked. We can't use you. Go home." How would you feel about that? I'd feel just fine. I I went through you know gangbang boot camp, and yeah, unfortunately, I, I I sprained a ball the last day, and I, <laughs> I just I, I couldn't go through with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and at first I was pretty angry about it because, you know, they kicked me out at the end of the hard part instead of the beginning of the hard part. Uh, but overall, I'm not bitter. It's an interesting experience uh, that, I, that I can carry with me. It's a good for conversation every once in a while. And it didn't do me any real lasting harm, obviously, unless my arches fell while I was in the army, in which case, fuck those people. But I don't think that happened. I think I, no, I, think, they just, I think they just missed it. Yeah. You were broken headed in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but uh, like it, there are all kinds of interesting things that you learn in basic training. Uh, for instance, they will use equipment from 30 or 40 or 50 years ago to train you. We were using M16s that were from the Vietnam War, uh, literally. <laughs> I was like, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, but uh, And the other thing I learned uh, is that you do not want a drill sergeant that was forced to be a drill sergeant. You, you see, uh, most of the drill sergeants volunteer for their job but there's not enough people volunteering to fill all the positions. So occasionally they will force a sergeant to become a drill sergeant for like a couple cycles. Uh, and we had one of those. Uh, I can't remember his name anymore. It's so long ago. I want to say drill sergeant Daniels. Uh, he was a fairly short, uh, skinny looking light skinned black guy, uh, who was apparently an airborne ranger and really, really, really uh, resented having to be here to fuck with us. <laughs> and it was apparent. <laughs> um, the other two ones were career drill sergeants. So, yeah, while they were obviously drill sergeant, it was a different for them. You know, they were doing their job. And for the most part, they enjoyed their job. Uh, drill Sergeant Daniels did not want to fucking be here. He resented the fact that he had to be here. And if he had to be here and we had to be here, it wasn't going to be fun for either of us. Well, I mean, you can empathize with the guy. It's like... You take some like tenured, great college professor, and then make him start teaching second graders. Yo, yeah, exactly. That's pretty much exactly how this guy was. Um, I remember one time he had to take me for a uh, to uh, see the doctor briefly, uh, foot related. Actually, I, like I ended up with a blister the size of a fucking uh, like duck egg on the side of my uh, ankle, and uh, I, I didn't say anything, but it, it turned like black and blue, and the, the drill sergeant spotted it. He goes, "Yeah, you're coming with me." Oh, what I do, drill sergeant? Just shut the fuck up and get in the truck. <laughs> so, so he brought me to the uh, the medic uh, like doctor thing, who said it was just a big gigantic blood blister, and eventually it was going to pop and suck ass, but it's not nothing dangerous. Uh, and then he made me like wait in the truck for twenty minutes while he flirted with some chick in like the mess hall. <laughs> like uh, he goes, I'm going to leave the I'm going to leave you in the truck, uh, private. He goes, don't make make me regret leaving you in the truck. <laughs> He goes, do we understand each other? I'm like, yes, drill sergeant. <laughs> Off he went around for 20 minutes, came back. That's the type of guy he was. He didn't. He just he was just doing his time before uh, until he got out. So speaking of quitters, did you see? <laughs> uh, did you see John Jones might be uh, walking away for a couple of years? Oh God, he is such a baby, uh, and it's such an obvious tactic. Oh, well, you guys won't give me extra money. Well, maybe I just won't fight for a year or two, dude. You're already barely relevant relevant in the light heavyweight uh, scene it's amazing that the champ can be have such a little actual effect on the uh division because he barely ever fights now his last two f fights he sucked ass and uh, god dude i just don't like that dude <laughs> how about you tenor what do you think about all that um john you know like you just said he's barely relevant um <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah if 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 he doesn't fuck something up in his personal life he's gonna sit out whatever it's just gonna fucking happen you know the, the guy i'm i'm almost i think we've talked about him before i'm almost done with that cat you know 
like I said, I've been trained with John. I know who John is. He's treated me and my family with nothing but uh, respect. But at some point, you got to fucking buck up and be a man and, and, and handle your business and take care of your job and take care of your family and, and not be a fuck up. And he's just a complete fuck up. Well, there's yeah. one part about this that I do respect. The fact that he is walking away and not driving away. Because we know how that <laughs> generally turns out. Yeah, no Very kidding. nice. Did Homelander write that for you, Ryan? Or did you come up with that on your own, bro? <laughs> no, that, that I will give full credit to Chael P. Sonnen on that one. Oh, okay, yeah. all right, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chael, Chael had a whole bunch of things to say about that. So, yeah, and it's just ridiculous. Obviously, he's not walking away because he want, cause he needs the money. Otherwise, he wouldn't be pissed off that they're not paying him extra for the uh, to fight Francis. Um, I tell yeah, you he what. He just wants a giant payday to go and try to wrestle Nganu. Ch- Chael Sonnen was was a round away from being the light heavyweight world champion of the world due to a dislocated and nasty broken toe. Oh yeah, which and he's also one round away from being the the middleweight champion of the world as well. Seconds away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's he's almost a a, a dual uh, division champion, which is kind of. But weird. he got popped. He got popped that fight anyway, so he would have been stripped regardless. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, well, it was he's such an playing, interesting character, yeah, yeah, but whatever. Um, yeah, it's just now the funny thing is, people are like, Oh, he's so brave to step up and fight Francis. I'm like, dude, did you see the last fight? Francis just ran at him swinging fucking haymakers. Jones would decimate that fucker if he's anywhere like the John Jones that I, they used to be. It wouldn't even be a real good fight, to be honest with you. I don't think. Uh, Nagano, I'm going to say his name wrong, does not have a goddamn thing for John Jones. Yeah, but John Jones arguably lost his last two... uh, John Jones arguably lost his last two fights. He has not looked like the John Jones of old. However, he has a very high fight IQ, um, and his wrestling is head and shoulders above Nagano. But he's been getting caught. He's been getting hit with some shots. So can he? And he's never he's never had a suspect chin. He's always had a very very good chin from what we've seen. Mm-hmm. But can he take an Engano fucking bomb? That's that's the question. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't think it will be answered if they fight because I don't think uh, Ningano is going to be able to hit him. I was, re- I mean, it was a fun fight to watch, but like when you watch the replay, that was so fucking sloppy. Yeah, it was for sure. Yeah, and I, th- well, and I see that's Jones. Why, just... That's why you have John Jones doing what he's doing now. He's basically taking the Conor McGregor approach for kind of this last leg of his career. He doesn't want to defend a belt at light heavyweight against anymore. Cause, I mean, he all, did almost lose the last two fights. You throw him in there again with Reyes, he probably loses that fight. So he's going to take a look at the heavyweight division and take the easiest matchup in his own eyes. Like you don't see him out there clamoring for the winner of DC and Stipe. He wants Nganu, who has one facet of the game that he's good at, and that's you know knocking someone's head off. But everything else, like he's very, very untested. Right, how exactly. does how, how does how does DC Jones look like at heavyweight? Does it look different than light heavyweight guys? Hmm. I I would say not too much, because uh, you know I don't think. Uh, Jones would slow down that much from between light heavyweight and heavyweight. And we've already seen uh, Cormier's speed at both classes, of both uh, weights, rather. So I don't think it'd be much of a different fight. I think it would be a Ryan? decent. I think it would be a decently different fight. You have Cormier in his natural weight class, which is weird to say, like kind of a puppy heavyweight like that. But he's at his best at heavyweight. He's going to have a little bit more damage he can take. And... I, He's not going to gas out from a weight cut. And we've seen that when DC is moving forward and putting it on Jones, like he fares pretty well. That's true. I hadn't thought about that part. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's an interesting thing to think about, you know? Um, yeah. I, I, I don't even have a clue. Um, I'm, I'm thinking DC would do much better. Uh, what does John come in at? What's he What's he come in at? 230, 235 at, at most? That's a good question as well. I hadn't really uh, um, seen what he would weigh, what his walking around weight is. Yeah, I'd say what by do you the think, time Ryan? he hits the cage, yeah, by the time he hits the cage, he's probably 
two twenty five ish, maybe getting a okay. little bit closer to two thirty. Yeah, that low then. He doesn't seem to have like a terrible cut. I don't think he can really bloom much up. Hmm. Interesting. Um, you guys, unless he's building unless something right heavyweight, there? he just goes in and goes like straight ballooning up, trying to get strength like Frank Mir did, and slows <laughs> himself down, which would be a bad idea. Did Did you, did you really see his you, physique when he when he wrestled uh, Henderson in uh, underground submission? Yeah. <laughs> he looked pretty fat there, didn't he? Are we yeah, speaking he about wasn't Mir? Exactly. No. no. Oh, Jones did. It. Jones did that. I was. I was Let's see if I can get a picture of that one. All right. Yeah, he he looked uh, fairly out of shape there. Hmm. Yeah, he hadn't worked out in a while. Like his stomach was out past his pecs. He really looked like he was coming off a bad hangover. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and he still ragged out little Dan. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean no. makes sense. Dan was an old man. Like great wrestler, yes, in his time, but I mean he was always a natural middleweight. And Jones right. is that kind of hybrid light heavyweight heavyweight. One of my favorite pictures in the world uh, involves Dan Henderson. It's someone took a shot of him, like walking around shirtless with a pair of shorts, like rolling around a grill, like crossing the street with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I was like, that. yeah, and that is, I go, that is the most Dan Henderson picture ever. Yeah, that, that, that's a fucking great fucking picture. There he is. There he is. What's going on, Uncle Canada? Hey, guys. Hey, just a question. Would you guys be interested in a Miocic versus Bones Jones fight? Hmm. Definitely. I would. Yeah. I don't think Jones would. Well, well uh, really? Why is that right? No, I, I, don't, I don't think Jones would want any part of that matchup. Uh, Stipe is too well-rounded, and Jones doesn't want to take any sort of real risk moving up to heavyweight. He's yeah, really I, playing I, the Conor McGregor game. I agree with Ryan. I don't, I don't think he wants any fucking piece of, of Miocic at uh, at heavyweight. I mean, Miocic has decent decent wrestling, decent boxing. Um, he's bigger. He's more powerful. I, I yeah. I don't. I think Stipe takes that and and almost fairly easily. Really, that'd be a great fight, though. I do. No, yeah. The reason why I bring it up with uh, fucking Bones Jones's reach, right? He's probably got at least eight nine inches on steep i'm assuming right so if you can fucking keep him away and i don't know man it'd be an interesting match to say the least i guess but what we saw in the last fight with with jones he doesn't fight real well backing up so if you don't give him that that option to just keep his range and I don't think Stipe is going to give him that option. I think he's going to put his he's going to bite down on his mouth guard. He's going to come forward and he's going to he's going to make Jones fight backing up. And Jones doesn't like fighting backing up at all. We saw that last fight. Well, didn't he fight like that against Gustafson in the first fight? Pretty much, Gustafson was going at him, right? Yeah, and he took him down. Fight. Yeah, oh, oh, fucking hands down, he won that fight, man. The guy fucking I became a fan, instant fan after that fucking fight. Yeah, it was a great fight. Man, it's Jones funny how he hasn't done that most, much since then. It, well, Gustafson, like that that fight took a lot out of him. He had that other run, but that second fight, obviously, he wasn't the same. But yeah, mm. when you look at Jones, like out of any like all time great, he has had the most probable losses of anyone that's gotten bailed out by the judges. Hmm. Yeah. Let me think. Uh, yeah, 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 you're I'm, right. I'm I, can't, to think I, can't, too. I can't think of a champion that has had his ass saved as many times as that guy. Like you could say, yeah. GSP versus Hendricks was a, a kind of a shit decision. Um, yeah, there've been other ones here and there, but Jones, yeah. he's had at least what three his last two fights, and then Gustafson. Yeah, but look what he did. Let's say for with uh, Lyoto Machida, and he had some fucking dominant fights too, though, right? You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I'm, oh, I'm not sure. taking that away from him. I'm saying yes, he's obviously in the conversation of one of the all-time greats. But as you have that conversation, you start talking about these other guys. You don't really see these razor thin decisions from the other ones. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that makes sense. That's a good point. I, uh, well, yeah. Another question. Just mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so uh, historic fights, like for example, guys that fought that were up and coming, and then they did a rematch. 
What's your favorite fight? I guess, you know, like, let's say five, ten years down the road. The reason I put that up is, you guys remember when Horn fought uh, Sinisek? This is, what, fucking, what, 10, 15 years ago when they had their rematch and fucking Horn dominated uh, Elvis? You guys have any favorites or, like, you know, you know, uh, the uh, yeah. two fighters fight? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I can only think of one, and it's probably the same one everyone else is thinking about the the second Hughes GSP fight. Because uh, you know uh, GSP, one of his few losses was to Matt Hughes the first time, and the second time he fucking steamrolled him. Mm. Mm. I uh, honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, Grad, you already brought up Horn. I really liked uh, the Horn Liddell fight. Where you know Horn had tapped him out at the end of a round with a with a, a bottom side yeah. arm triangle, and yeah. then they they fought four rounds, and Chuck punished Jeremy Horn for four fucking rounds. He couldn't see; he had to stop. I think he I think he just said he couldn't see. I got to stop the fight. Hey, Tenor, you're right. That's the fight. I apologize, not the Elvis one. Yes, that's the fucking fight. I was thinking for some reason Elvis uh, popped in my head. Yes, Dilladell and uh, the Horn one is. Well, the one I was thinking about I, that. And you know what, Jer- Jeremy Horn usually is, is, you know, he was he was so busy fighting two or three times a fucking week that he didn't really concentrate too much on on strength and, and conditioning and cardio and stuff. Well, you know what, when Jeremy Horn weighed in, I looked at that fucker. I was like, wow, he looks really, really good. He looked good at 205 for that fight with uh, Chuck Liddell. Yeah. Oh, but again, Liddell, Liddell's a monster, right? So He was at the time. Do you remember that? I remember talking to guys about Chuck Liddell at the time. And I was thinking, you know, here, here was my spiel about Chuck Liddell. It was like, he's an absolute monster. If you're a wrestler, you, you can't take him down. If you do, he pops back up. And if you're a striker, he's going to fucking paw at you and paw at you until he throws that. He, he almost threw change up. He'd throw like a pitcher throws a change up. Like they, they throw fastball, 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 or, or change up, then fastball. That's what he would do. He would paw these like goofy looping change up, slow punches at you. And then he would drop that fucking bomb on you. Yeah. Yeah. His overhand, right. Like completely changed things, especially the way he threw it. And like the way you were talking about a pitcher, that's basically how he threw that goddamn right hand, and just that ended everyone. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. Yeah, it was interesting if, to see how his just the way he fought changed the entire MMA atmosphere. Because before that, sprawl and brawl wasn't you know not a thing, and people saw that you didn't have to be a. a really good at wrestling just you had to be really really good at defensive wrestling so that if you were good enough you know the fucking your ground game didn't really matter and well, he was it man import- it showed the importance of having at least a respectable wrestling game because that's what liddell had like he was a pretty goddamn good wrestler he just used it to avoid being taken down Right. If you can control where that fight is whether it be by taking someone down or just avoiding the takedown like you've already, you know, have the advantage. Right, right. And that's why I've often tell people that the while there's all kinds of different martial arts that contribute to MMA, the very first and most important thing is some sort of wrestling background because they control where the fight happens. Well, and it sure. teaches you just to be a goddamn savage. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> but is is that argument is that argument based on fighting in the ring? Like for example, Pride, right? Very little wrestlers, I'm not gonna say were not successful, but it was more of the kickboxing slash K one type of fights, right? Or again, I'm assuming but historically that you know, a lot of wrestlers were more dominant in the cage. I don't know, is that because it's more the fights they fought other fellow wrestlers and pride was basically fucking you know kickboxers and k1 type of guys what do you guys think no it's Part because that cage that, that that cage is is gonna help a fucking wrestler you know with ropes they got give you know the, they'd break you up on the ropes a cage a strong wrestler can push somebody against the cage and drop levels you know hit high c's off the cage can pin you up like randy would do with his great game one of the best fucking game planners in in the world ever was was, was couture when he would pin you up against that cage and just do whatever he wanted to do with you with overhooks underhooks you know hitting elbows boxing. off breaks yeah yes fair yeah so the cage definitely just by nature of it being more of a solid structure than ropes is is going to help a wrestler for sure. 
a tenor. Well, there are you other got, parts you, you too, got, right? Right. So, I was just gonna say, tenor, tenor. You got you, you got your first stalker. Uh, fuck counter. This guy. How many times you say fuck just to give you a heads up? Ah oh, man, I, I should really work on this, guys. I know I should for my kids and everything. You only, um, you only said it five times, six times. There you go. <laughs> seven times, eight times. <laughs> I'm wondering who I'm. I'm wondering who the counter is, who that is, because that's that's not just some newbie. I can find that shit out pretty quick. <laughs> I got skills. Probably yeah. Sound, I think it sounds like a camel. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. So, hey, I'm, Ryan, glad, I I'm glad I got a fan club. Hey, hey, Ryan, I apologize for cutting you off. You're going to say something. Yeah, so there's a couple other things. Like, obviously, the cage is huge. Part of it was the roster. Yeah, Pride was very heavy and like... Muay Thai, K1, those type of guys. The other thing, and this is kind of an underrated piece of it, right, is you also had the knees to the head, the ground opponent. You had soccer kicks. You had stomps. So taking a shot as a wrestler, like it was much more of a a dice roll. Because if you didn't secure that takedown, like, and we saw this with uh, Heath Herring was always great at that, being able to sprawl and then just knee the fuck out of the wrestler's head. Like, oh, you're not going to take ben, as many ben, sloppy shots with that. The ben That's Askren a really good point. Fuck, the Ben Askren fight, fucking holy fuck, was that a shock, right? That's probably the biggest shock over the last year, year and a half, right? Fucking that was just, one of the greatest uh, finishes ever. 10 fucking seconds, 11 seconds? Fuck. Yeah, I mean, that, that was surprising. I mean, it, it, to me, it had sort of the same flavor as McGregor versus Aldo. You know, just... Oh, yeah. Just one, one one mistake at the beginning of the match, and the match is over. Although, if we really are talking about like rematches and like technical masterpieces, I think obviously the absolute best fight ever was actually a trilogy fight. It was the very recent Tito Ortiz versus Chuck Liddell. Oh, oh man, <laughs> that, Dude, that's that's just very sad dude honestly and i have you know um ryan i know you trained you fought grad you fucking trained um jay you don't do anything but collect on playing but anyways that's 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 neither here nor there but anyways um that is that's i have the utmost respect for for anybody that steps in the cage i love chuck liddell he was a, a monster back in the day and and i might get a little shit for what I'm about to say because I'm a, a fat 44 year old purple belt, but that Chuck Liddell was so, I think I could have fucking beat him. You guys flame me all you want, but that guy, there was something wrong with his reaction time. He was very, very, very slow. Tito's not a superstar fast guy. Chuck was very slow. He looked unbalanced from the jump street. He didn't look like he could move laterally at all. I don't know. I, you was guys it age, I think? Tenor, you think I, it was no, age? I, it's, it's no, accumulation I, I think, of damage. It, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's got brain damage, and I don't think his body does what he, his mind is telling it to do, honestly. It looked, it looked like his spine was fused. He was moving so stiff when he was, you know, like, it looked like there's, I mean, in addition to like his reflexes being off, it looked like there was, he had physical problems keeping him from moving his body like he should. It, it, something is off. Something is very, very wrong with the way that man is moving. Even if you saw him hit pads with some videos that he posted, I thought those were joke videos. I thought that was like, he was trying to bait Tito into believing that he was slow or uncoordinated, but it was really indicative of what we saw in the cage after watching those videos. It was the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That fight should have never been sanctioned. Like going through the medicals and even speaking to him, like you can tell Chuck Liddell should not be anywhere near another professional fighter. No, no, absolutely uh, not. Yeah, that's one of those fights that shouldn't have happened. Just like another fight that shouldn't have happened, but I'm really glad did that entire James Tony versus Couture fight. Honestly, that was one of the most fun fights I think I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, granted, it was basically a fucking fake fight. Um, I mean, it was a real fight, but only one person knew how to fight. Uh, what do you guys think about that? You, you guys think that that should have ever been in the UFC, or, or was the popular, or was the uh, publicity worth? the sideshow freak show nature of it. 
I won over a thousand dollars on that fight from boxing fans. Really? <laughs> I so gave I gave four to one odds on anybody that would take it that Couture takes oh. it within a round. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Wow. Yeah, People are delusional. I wouldn't take that bet. And and the and the fun part about that fight was Couture was wavered between uh, Randy. Oh. Randy uh, ra- wavered between amused and annoyed throughout the fight. Mostly he was amused. Like uh, you could practically see the smile on his face when he went for that single ankle pick and just jerked him off his feet. <laughs> um, it, I, it was funny though. At one point, you know. Uh, you can hear uh, Randy saying to the uh, the ref, "Oh, he quit. He said he quit." And and Tony is like, "No, I didn't quit." So Randy turns turns to him and says, "Oh, you want more?" And then starts keeps on fucking slugging at him for another like uh, fifteen or twenty seconds before Tony finally gave up. But that was such a funny part of the fight. You know, oh, you want more? And he just turned around, and went back to wailing on him. Is Randy shot story? that low single from like twenty feet away. <laughs> that was the most yeah. ridiculous thing ever. He, he, they asked him about it afterwards, and he said, "Yeah, I would never use that against a real fighter." <laughs> so who do you, who, who do you, I'm getting, who do you I'm getting, I'm ahead, getting called for dinner, guys. I got, I got, I got to check out, man. It was nice All talking right. to y'all. Hey, okay. always good to see you, Tanner. Right on. All right, peace. All right, I'm sorry, Grab. What was your question? No, the thing is, yeah. So Couture, uh, yeah, I remember that fight. Just, it's unreal. Like, uh, I. I is it the makeup or DNA of a wrestler that these guys just training their whole lives or cardio, just they're able to be super athletes? Like even Henderson, what to what age did Henderson fight till? He fought to his low forties, did he not? Or yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it's funny. MMA people are their own special breed. You know, all the training and stuff that they do makes for uh, a body type you're not going to find very uh, many other places. I remember reading an article on the Expendables uh, when Randy Coulter was in that, and he did mostly his own stunt work. And it reached a point where the other stuntmen did not want to do stunt work with him because they said he was f- the strongest person they'd ever fucked with by far. <laughs> so, you know, like he would just grab a hold of somebody and, you know, basically bear hug him to death if he wanted to. Uh, and, you know, so like when they were rating the toughest people in, uh, on the show, because the Expendables had all kinds of different, like, you know, tough guy, um, you know, action stars from past years, uh, bar none, everyone said uh, Randy was the most scary fucking person there. Well, yeah, because you have a bunch of actors and then you have a trained combat athlete. Right, right. Well, right. yeah, it, but even the stuntmen who are supposedly trained athletes them as well, uh, considering what they do, wanted nothing to do with him. <laughs> but kind of back to what what Grad was talking about, yeah, like amateur wrestling. If you do that from a young age and you get to the highest level, which obviously guys like Couture and Henderson did, it breeds a different type of person. Like you're oh, able yeah. to work through things that other people couldn't even think of doing. And that's because basically from the time you usually start cutting weight by the time you're in like middle school. So say you're, you know, 11, 12 years old from that point all the way generally up till with these guys until like their mid twenties, they're making weight one to two times per week all year round. Like that just breeds a a special type of crazy and a special type of work ethic that you don't get anywhere else. Yeah, that, I'm going to say craziness slash discipline, I guess, right? Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, you need that discipline because, like I said, it's it's a full year thing. Like, in school, during wrestling season, you're making weight twice a week. You have a duel, either, depending on where you are in the country, either like a Wednesday or Thursday. Then you have a tournament every Saturday. By the time you get into college, again, you're making weight generally about once a week, depending on the schedule. But like the ability to do that and how far these guys are cutting down and how low they're keeping their body fat, like you have to be perfect with your diet. You have to be perfect with your cardio. You have to be downright fucking crazy for that last, you know, several hours before a weigh-in. So Ryan, for example, typically, what do they cut? Five, 10 pounds? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like what, what, what's the rationale or what's the ideal target? So it depends on how... It depends on like what weight you are, right? So, right. like starting in high school, you have guys that are weighing in at like, what was it at the time? It was either the lowest weight division, I think, is one hundred three. Um, but you have a guy that small; he's probably only going to be weighing like you know, 
only going to allow himself to get to about like 108 or so and right. then cut down like that last few pounds. With me, I was wrestling at 215, so I'd let myself to get generally at least 10 pounds over um, before like weigh-ins. So I'd start generally like a day or day and a half out. So for a Wednesday weigh-in, I'd really start cutting the the water weight the day before. 10 pounds generally wasn't too bad. Same thing for Saturday tournaments. That one I would usually start like late Thursday night just because those weigh-ins were super early in the morning. But yeah, it wasn't too bad. You don't let yourself go too much like obviously you would for a fight. Um, but it's still it's still not fun. Yeah, I can't I can't imagine that. I had to do like that fasting diet and and stuff like that for my uh stomach issues and I couldn't imagine have on that so that day when I was just on a liquid diet um the next day when I got up I couldn't even conceive doing my workout much less getting into a fight with someone man it it really drains you really bad. Yeah, but long term so right yeah, I was going to say yeah. right so uh so long, your body adapts to it, right? actually becomes a lot more efficient the way it, it actually uh, utilizes calories and all that stuff, right? Your body's a machine, so the more efficient it is, the easier over time, right? Like, I'm a, how long How long did you do this, PJ, for? Just a month or whatever, or a few weeks? or? Oh, oh for me? Well, you see, no, no, this is one day. They just, they, oh, they, they had, it was for, for the, the colonostomy. They had me do, like, a complete liquid diet for one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. basically all you can have is water or or clear other clear liquids and then the next day you can't have anything uh so like the last time i so i had the last time i had a real food would have been like uh saturday at like nine or ten o'clock um no actually like midnight because we were doing the, the the companion thing so then no solid food at all sunday and then no food or water at all on monday until about two o'clock in the afternoon uh, almost three was when they were finally when i was finally out of there so i went with you know without food at all for quite a while and then with the water thing before that so while it's not the same thing as cutting weight obviously uh i can't conceive fucking doing anything physically uh after something like that going on i was fucking wiped out yeah it's not fun um the good but your thing body about- does adapt your body does adapt oh, i'm sorry right go ahead yeah, so your body does adra- adapt somewhat. You do become a little bit more efficient as far as how you're breaking things down because your body's used to being in starvation mode, but it still sucks. Like, I would definitely say that I 100% preferred, you know, MMA weigh-ins as opposed to wrestling because wrestling, it's literally a couple hours before you're in there, either in a tournament or a duel. At least MMA, you get that day. But yeah, it's not fun however you you stack it up it's way in wikipedia light yeah 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 Yeah. doesn't sound like fun at all well folks looks like we're approaching the end of the show uh ryan grad you guys got anything you want to cover before we get out of here i'm all set boys listen you guys have a great sunday and a great monday uh uh happy holidays to you guys all right you too uncle canada you have a great uh, holiday appreciate it brother see you man Excellent. Well, we will be back tomorrow at six o'clock. We're going to do this all over again. I want to thank Tenor and Grad for calling in, and I want to thank the OG Army uh, as always for showing up and being our audience. Uh, you got anything else there, Ryan? Uh yeah, I got a couple things. Uh, we talked about this early in the week. Uh, I completely spaced on it yesterday, so I didn't put up a thread. But for anyone that wants to Podbean Storm. After we go off the air tonight, hop over to the podcast thread on the other ground. And I believe Forrest will be picking a show for all of us to congregate in and do hood rat things with our friends. Um, other than that, I only have one other thing. And that's fuck all y'all. You guys have a great night. We'll see everyone tomorrow. Hey, <laughs>